Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Free Talk Live. Yes, it is Free Talk Live. We are the live radio call-in talk program where you can take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is on your mind. The telephone number for you to join us is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160 is the call-in line here in the studio. Tonight, I am your host, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me, it's... Bonnie. And Chris. And we, well, we were just talking about show prep, because, you know, that's what we do before the show. We prepare to do the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, two minutes before it starts. In case any listeners were curious as to... Yeah, you know, uh, our streams start just a, a few minutes before the the actual audio starts, so the anybody who's watching on like D Live or Twitch or any of the video streams can see us. And often they'll wonder what we're doing, or they'll comment. Uh, those of you folks who are in the chat rooms, you know, will make many comments about you know, oh, I wonder what they're going to have for dinner tonight, or you know, what's in that guy's cup, and you know, that kind of fun stuff. So they do make some pretty funny comments. Yes, uh, and so let's just kick things off with this bit from Yahoo News, or Yahoo, if you prefer. <laughs> and it has me wondering, why would the Postal Service, that's the United States Postal Service, why would they have a law enforcement arm? And you're thinking to yourself, does the post office have a law enforcement arm? And that's what I thought to myself, too. And it turns out they do. And they're spying on you. Yep. Yeah, this from Yahoo News. The Postal Service is running a covert operations program that monitors Americans' social media posts. The post office is monitoring your social media posts. You know, of all, all different entities that the u.s government has created over the last couple hundred years the postal service is not the one that you would think would be monitoring your social media posts there there were uh the the u.s military used to do 
a whole bunch of television commercials back in like the the 80s and early 90s and one of their slogans was just telling you what the different branches are. It was like the army, the Navy, the air force, the Marines. And then I would always jokingly follow that up with the post office. Right. Cause I'm a parody right. guy. I like making Space fun force. of stuff. It, well, and that <laughs> got that, that wasn't even thought about until, you know, decades later, but I would jokingly just sort of lump in the post office with the armed forces. And well, it turns out at least it doesn't look like it was that much of a joke. Uh, the law enforcement arm, yes, that's right, the law enforcement arm of the U.S. Postal Service has been quietly running a program that tracks and collects Americans' social media posts, including those about planned protests, according to a document. You know, talk about not having your priorities right. You're literally going under, and what are you doing? You're worrying about people's social media posts. It's crazy that they can look for stuff like planning a protest as if that's not um, like a right that's written out in the First Amendment. Uh, right? Like, like that should be unconstitutional? <laughs> well, the entire government should be unconstitutional, but we can talk about that. Hey, hey, I'm just, I'm just, you know, <laughs> bringing up their own rules, not not ones I uh, created. Right, right. Yeah, well, and they, we know from the past that they don't like to follow their own rules either if they do it's because they make a a law for them and not for us so that they can violate it and we can't oh yeah you can never hold them accountable to the laws they break but they will sure hold you accountable the details of this surveillance effort known as icop or lowercase i and then big c big o big p or internet covert operations program (laughs) icop Because the post office people get to be like, now I'm a cop. Yes. I cop, you cop, we all cop for I cop. The details have not previously been made public. The work involves having analysts trawl through social media sites to look for what the document describes as, quote, inflammatory postings, unquote. So, like every other post. (laughs) Like... If not more, right? Yeah. I mean, have you been on the internet? I know. <laughs> the internet is really just people either flaming for no reason or arguing with idiots or memes, right? My favorite part is memes, of course, but um yeah. So lots of lots of posts for them to sift through anyway. They must be pretty busy. Analysts with the United States Postal Inspection Service, also known as the USPIS. The Internet Covert Operations Program, or ICOMP, monitored significant activity regarding planned protests occurring internationally. Wait a minute. So they're not monitoring people in the United States. Uh, They're monitoring people external uh, to the United uh, States? The the, the sentence goes on to say uh, internationally and domestically on March 20th, 2021. Wow. Says the March 16th government bulletin. Now, why does that date ring a bell? March 16th. What happened? Oh, right. Oh, my. That's hilarious. Right. That's the day that the many alphabet agencies (laughs) who were armed to the teeth with tanks and battering rams decided to raid the Free Talk Live studios, the Mighty Moose Mart, the Bitcoin Embassy, Aria's home. They uh, showed up at uh, Colleen's home. Let me get this straight. They monitor everybody's social media posts just so that they could raid Keene, New Hampshire. (laughs) I, you know, 
There's such a is thing as coincidence. Really such a good, you know, a good use of your tax dollars. There's such a thing as coincidence, but you know. Anyway, the March 16th government's bulletin marked as law enforcement sensitive and distributed throughout the Department of Homeland Security's fusion centers. In addition to the post office, apparently. <laughs> I wonder how many Americans that are being monitored by the post office now would agree with their police um, police department in their town, uh, you know, working with the FBI and raids and citizens in their town. You know, it, you know what the, the funny, the, I don't know if I, funny should probably not be the word I'm using to describe this, but the, the postal service actually photographs every single package that goes through it Mm -hmm. um the from and to information and that's basically metadata that they can use to like track stuff back um at a later date so it's it's this is not actually like you know it's kind of messed up that they're monitoring not only the mail but they're monitoring the internet as well but they're already this draconian organization Mm -hmm. um that the government uses to spy on us yeah why couldn't there be a bunch of public um or like private um i meant to say groups that just have their own post offices and we can choose the best one and it makes no sense oh you mean like a market where you could have options what is a free market yeah so the post office because it's a pseudo government entity monopoly claims a monopoly on letter delivery now that doesn't mean that you can't employ like dhl ups FedEx. You, you want know, to pay ninety dollars? Then it's okay for it, yeah, them to, to, to mail something. Yeah, to you know, put something in a sealed envelope that you know is the size of a document, etc., and so on. But what you what it can't do is compete with letter delivery and also the infamous OG spam. Right before there was internet spam, there was spam in your mailbox, <laughs> and uh, it's still coming. I don't know if you yeah, like. It is that. incredibly hard to get the post office to stop delivering mail to your address i had this happen to me when i lived in seattle um i had some some mail theft some id you know uh theft was going on and it wasn't in the place that i lived but i moved into a new place and what i had done is i had rented a private mailbox right at one of these uh you know private mailbox stores or whatever i didn't get a p.o box at the post office i went to one of these you know free market places and so i got myself a private mailbox and i redirected all my mail to that when i moved and so there was a, a little thing from the post office with the postal logo in my mailbox that said vacant. And I just left it there. And I didn't get any mail delivered for a long time until one day there was a substitute postman who ripped the thing out and stuffed my mailbox full of spam. <laughs> 603-283-6160 is the telephone number here. Are you concerned that the post office has a law enforcement arm that's monitoring your social media? More Free Talk Live is on the way. Welcome back to the program, everybody. Thank you for tuning in and listening on this Friday evening. It is Free Talk Live. The telephone number here in the studio is 603-283-6160. 
Again, 603-283-6160. If you'd like to call in and voice your opinion on, well, anything we're talking about or anything that's on your mind, if you want to bring up a different topic, you're free to do so. In the studio tonight, I am your host, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me, it's Bonnie and Chris. And during the break, I was thinking to myself, you know, it would be great is if there was a uh, a pseudo government package agency that delivered stuff to everywhere and anywhere that also had a law enforcement arm that would monitor your social media posts. <laughs> I don't know what you were thinking about on break. Well, I guess I do now, but I can tell you that's not what I was thinking about. No? I was thinking about the that quote. What was that quote where every 20 years we're supposed to have a revolution and put the politicians' heads on sticks? Do you remember that quote? I don't. I don't even know I, who said it. I don't remember the it was, quote. It was but, one of like the founding fathers or something. I yeah, believe. I don't remember who exactly. I I remember that's what I was thinking. Va- vaguely recall, but I can't say the quote verbatim. Yeah. Uh, if there were a gentleman named Nobody here, he would know exactly the oh, quote for sure. and be able to voice it in such a way as to entertain us all. Sadly, he's still behind bars. I don't have any further update on him other than he's still behind bars. Hopefully he can get bail. We have been talking about this article from Yahoo News, or Yahoo, depending on your regional dialect. It says the Postal Service is running a covert operations program that monitors Americans' social media posts. Now, a document apparently reveals this information that Yahoo got a hold of in some way, shape, or form. And it says, uh, the March 16th government bulletin marked as law enforcement sensitive and distributed throughout the Department of Homeland Security's fusion centers and the post office, apparently. Locations and times have been identified for these protests, which are being distributed online across multiple social media platforms to include right-wing-leaning parlor and Telegram accounts. I you know, saw I, this. I thought that was so funny when I Me read too. Telegram accounts because I'm thinking, well, that's that's us guys. I just think it's funny that you can call some app that is literally just for messaging right-wing or left-wing. Like That's it, so stupid. It is absolutely like, insane because there are definitely socialists and libertarians and right-wing extremists. <laughs> like Everybody's like, on Telegram. It's feel- like... It's like saying the right-wing telephone company, right? AT&T, <laughs> the right-wing telephone company, Sprint. Yeah. If you're a left-wing, you can only go with Verizon or Sprint, <laughs> but if you're a right-wing, you can only go with AT&T or T-Mobile. Oh, I love uh, the technique of substituting something else for the thing that you're discussing or you're reading if you want to prove or disprove it. And doing what we just did there with the telephone companies uh, gives me great joy. At any rate, the a number of groups were expected to gather. I'm sorry, Bonnie, were you going to say something? I can't remember now. Okay, good. <laughs> I mean, not good, but, you know, pipe up if good. you if you do want to speak. Uh, a number of groups were expected to gather in cities around the globe on March 20th as part of Worldwide Rally for Freedom and Democracy Day to protest everything from lockdown measures to 5G. What day was it supposed to be? 5G. Uh, March 20th. I saw somebody on Twitter 
post, uh, why do we need 5G, 6G? I like slower living, not faster. Who's deciding this for us? Like they're saying it was a conspiracy. I was like, what the heck? Oh, there's all sorts of things uh, said about 5G. It causes cancer. Yeah. And, you know, it's... Uh, it, it How is, much slower internet? It, it does seem like the the whole 5G conspiracy stuff is just like... No, <laughs> to, like it doesn't make any sense, even at the most basic fundamental level, to, to anybody who has any understanding of, you know, um, yeah, yeah like, like networking. Yeah, networking is cellular technology. To your person that wants slower internet, it's still available. Hmm. I would be bet willing to bet dollars to donuts. There's still some free AOL CDs that get you, you know, six hours of internet time floating around where you can plug your. A regular landline analog telephone into the noisy ass modem and uh, you know get as slow a internet as you could possibly have apparently it's possible but it's really difficult um oh wow but certainly there is dial up service still and uh my company sells a lot of dial up modems <laughs> so <laughs> yeah oh <laughs> uh, that's great so you're into retro technology now <laughs> um it's not it wasn't the intent uh it just kind of happened over time over years M- more and more co- dial up companies went out of business or got bought up or whatever or i mean it seems like a niche market so if you too would like slower internet please go to thinkpenguin.com and get your retro internet dial-up modem we got we got 4g modems just to clarify as well so you don't have to go with the slow option but yeah it's just we just ended up being like the last company to sell dial-up modems on the market and so we ended up with all that business it was kind of funny wow do you think one day it will just not exist like dial-up that'd be crazy well the, who knows hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting question. 4, 4G has definitely replaced a lot of people who were on dial-up, though. I can tell you that. Because, so what happened is there was a technology inversion, right? F- telephones existed, and they all basically ran over copper. Digital technology came along and went, oh, well, we need fiber, right, instead of copper. And so they started replacing copper with fiber. Now, uh, landlines still exist, copper-based uh, what's called POTS lines or plain old telephone Yeah, the service. last mile. Right. They still exist. And I don't think POTS lines are going to go any anytime soon. They're still required. Like, you can't, <laughs> use, you can't use a VoIP phone for, like, a bank alarm. You have to have a POTS line for the alarm to trigger and, instead of a VoIP phone. Is, is that really a requirement? It is, yeah. A lot, lot, lot of VoIP companies won't even touch any alarm system, much less uh, an alarm system for a bank. They'll install an actual POTS line for that. The reason for that is because the plain old telephone service or POTS line, the old copper line that you know maybe your grandmother or something has in their house still, when you have a power outage, that line is still active because it has an independent power source. Right. So it's it's for disaster recovery and for power outages. And that's one of the reasons why companies and banks and things like that will route their alarms over POTS lines instead of... Yeah, lines. there's legal requirements as well um, as far as... I, I don't know if they... I'm not sure to what extent they still exist, but um, they probably do. But yeah, they definitely have to... like like Unlike your cellular service, they will probably want to recover that immediately, like your provider. But technically, uh, your, your traditional plain old telephone service provider has to by law um be very very responsive to like recovering from disasters and right absolutely uh, this article continues to say parlor users have commented about their intent to use the rallies to engage in violence 
Image 3 on the right is a screenshot from Parlor indicating two users discussing the event as an opportunity to engage in a fight they and do never, serious damage, says the bulletin. They can never use Facebook to say those things. Facebook <laughs> Messenger, Instagram Messenger. Or email or talk about it on the that phone. That would be impossible. 603-283-6160. More free talk live on the way. Carl Watner, longtime proponent of a voluntary society, died last December. You may have seen his articles published on his website, Voluntarius.com, in his newsletter, The Voluntarist, The Mises Institute, or elsewhere over the last 40 years. His newest book, I Must Speak Out, Volume 2, The Best of the Voluntarist, is now available via Liberty Under Attack Publications. This 430-page second volume spans the years of 2000 through 2020 and includes articles by Carl Watner. Watner, Hans Hermann Hoppe, Carl Hess, Benjamin Tucker, George H. Smith, Lysander Spooner, Pete Ayer, Joyce Brand, and many others. I Must Speak Out is for the newly initiated, the veteran voluntarist, or anywhere in between. Buy the book now at libertyunderattack.com slash voluntarist. For more great content on building a voluntary society and for Carl's extensive archives, check out voluntarist.com. Previously on Free Talk Live, we talked a lot about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. And now, to continue that discussion, Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. You can go there now and click on Get Started right at the top of the page. Once you do that, you'll find all sorts of valuable information neatly organized to suit your needs. There's no longer any excuse to ignore this incredibly important and world-changing information. If you are a knowledgeable crypto user already, you can check out news.bitcoin.com and get the latest headlines of all the news that's relevant to you. Bitcoin.com is your source for everything crypto, like getting a wallet, mining, trading, all the latest cryptocurrency news, all on a very slick and very easy-to-use website. Please visit Bitcoin.com. Again, Bitcoin.com. Uh, in the studio tonight, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me... It's Bonnie. And Chris. And we've been discussing this article from Yahoo News, or Yahoo if you prefer. The Postal Service is running a covert operations program that monitors American social media posts. <laughs> well, it's more than just American social media posts, well, right? <laughs> yes. said domestic and foreign, right? They, they did say domestic and international posts. How uh, the, do they even have like any kind of right to monitor social media on another country's citizens? That's so weird. I... I <laughs> I mean, there's if if the traffic crosses the border, then they feel like they can look at whatever they want, right? So uh, it's like an international I mean, phone not, call in a way. It's not even that. I mean, they, they're 
they're I mean the servers are literally literally responding to the international requests, right? That's true. So that people are technically providing the US government when they request it that information. So the article was talking about uh, a quote from uh, somewhere oh, from the bulletin itself that parlor users have commented about their intent to use rallies to engage in violence, indicating two users discussed the event as an opportunity to engage in a fight and do serious damage, says the bulletin. But the, it further goes on to say no intelligence is available to suggest the legitimacy of these threats. No, because you know what it is. It's it's basically uh, internet flaming. Yeah, it's it's banter back and forth between people who are making baseless threats, and I'll put threats in quotes because they're not yeah. real threats. They're not genuine. They're, it's not like somebody came up to you, you know, with some sort of firearm and pointed it at you, right? That would be a legitimate, genuine threat. But somebody saying something from, you know, 2,000 miles away is not a genuine threat. Well, Not and- unless they've done something else to, you know, further that threat. Right. Well, and anybody who spent any amount of time online or in any of these chat applications knows that bots also exist, and bots are sometimes pretty good at imitating humans just to further discussion and to, I mean, the job of the bot is to you know, interject here and there to keep the discussion going, to allow people to believe that, you know, hey, this, this chat room is way more popular than I thought it was. Well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. So, you know, they're, they're claiming things, and then they're saying they have no evidence to suggest it's legitimate. The bulletin includes screenshots of posts about the protests from Facebook, Parler, Telegram, and other social media sites. Individuals mentioned by name include one alleged Proud Boy and several others whose identifying details were included, but whose posts did not appear to contain anything threatening. <laughs> oh. Ah. Is this like some, like, sometimes me and my sister will, like, screenshot people on instagram or something that we've been stalking just because they're like weird or something and we like this just sounds like our text between them like oh yeah and then then i saw a comment on here you and your sister stalk people you find weird on instagram yeah okay everybody does that i i'm not on instagram so not everybody does it yeah well she did say everybody who's on instagram does that so i'm not on instagram either so i can't say i do that but but that's just what the the government sounds like right now talking about two idiots having a dumb comment back and forth the icop analysts are currently monitoring these social media channels for any potential threats stemming from the scheduled protests and will disseminate intelligence updates as needed the bulletin continues to say and they of course put a nice big picture of it here I'm not going to look at it because well the government's ugly The government's monitoring of American social media is the subject of ongoing debate inside and outside government, particularly in recent months following the rise in domestic unrest. While posts on platforms such as Facebook and Parler have allowed law enforcement to track down and arrest rioters who assaulted the Capitol on January 6th, such data collection has also sparked concerns about the government surveilling peaceful protesters or those engaged in protected First Amendment activities. I would argue that all of the activities this article has discussed thus far are protected First Amendment activities. Yeah, that won't stop them from violating your rights and running a rickshaw all over them. I know. When contacted by Yahoo News, civil liberties experts expressed alarm 
at the post office's surveillance program. It's a mystery, said University of Chicago law professor Jeffrey Stone, whom President Barack Obama appointed to review the National Security Agency's bulk data collection in the wake of the Edward Snowden leaks. I don't understand why the government would go to the Postal Service for examining the Internet for security issues. Well, neither do I. Neither I'm do not I. even sure how these are security issues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's ironic here is that they talked to the guy who uh, Obama appointed to review the NSA's bulk data collection. So the guy appointed to sort of review, you know, the federal government's spying on you and your phones and your social media. Uh, when asked about the post office, he's like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> the Postal Service has had a turbulent year facing financial insolvency and allegations that its head postmaster, General Louis DeJoy, who was appointed by President Trump, was slowing down deliveries just as the pandemic vastly increased the number of mail-in ballots for the 2020. Of course, it's got to be political now, right? For the 2020 election. Why the post office would now move on to social media surveillance, which would appear to have little to do with mail deliveries, is unclear. You know, we were talking about how bad the post office is already and how it was already pretty bad before this started. Um, one of the worst things about it is it is a monopoly, but it's not a monopoly because it's just the best and nobody can afford to compete with them because they're so great. It's a coercive monopoly yep. that is backed by force and you have to use this mail delivery service or be shot by, you know, you know, you know, face guns of a man, you know. Yeah, the, the threat of the violence at first. And then, of course, if you disobey that, then, you know, eventually men with guns will show up and want to throw you in a cage. And if you resist, then they will pull those guns out and shoot you. It's true. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting how, you know, on the one hand, I can see this from multiple sides. So the U.S. Postal Service is one of the best in the world, but at the same time, it's still awful. And other postal <laughs> systems are even like are way worse. And it's just kind of it just it's such an interesting it's just such an interesting thing. It's like it's one of the best like systems that we've got as far as government organizations go, but it's still really bad. Well, are there any like good private systems out there? They don't allow them. <laughs> no, like in other countries. Oh, that's a good. I, they're, question. they're pretty much all government, or mo most of them are government. So if you're just comparing the, we're like the best one out of all the other government ones, and we're not that great. Like, yeah. maybe we should just stop doing this. Well, that's the kind of the point, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's like I'm sure there would be a better system in place if there was competition in the market, but there isn't competition in the market because the government has a granted uh, monopoly, and it's yeah. <laughs> here's what here's what you're gonna hear next about the post office. I predict post office reform. Right, because that's what government does. Oh, Whenever one of its programs is a colossal failure at what it intended, or at least what it told people it intended to do, and instead just became a money pit, well, then they have to go in and reform it because it didn't work the first time. Well, if it didn't work the first time, it's probably a bad idea. It's just go away. 603-283-6160. Yeah! Yeah, come on and listen to Free Talk Live, the live call-in radio talk program where you can take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is on your mind. 
The telephone number in the studio is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, I am your host, the Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass. Joining me, Bonnie and Chris. We've been talking about this article from Yahoo News that says, well, the post office apparently is running a covert operations program monitoring Americans and some not Americans social media posts. The article continues, the postal service isn't the only part of government expanding its monitoring of social media. In a background call with reporters last month, DHS officials spoke about that department's involvement in monitoring social media for domestic terrorism threats. We know that this threat is fueled mainly by false narratives, conspiracy theories, and extremist rhetoric read through social media and other online platforms, one of the officials said. And that's why we're kicking off engagement directly with social media companies. (laughs) Great. DHS is coordinating with civil rights and civil liberty colleagues, as well as our private colleagues, to ensure that everything we're doing is being done responsibly and in line with civil rights and civil liberties and individual privacy, the official added. How is this being done with individual privacy in mind? It's not. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) There's no privacy in mind as they spy on your social media posts, listen in on your telephone conversations. You know, you know, the crazy thing is on the one hand, it's like, I don't expect social media to be private, but on the other hand, it's like the government shouldn't be doing these things, right? Like, it's how does the government spy on you responsibly? Yeah, right. (laughs) That's essentially what they're saying to ensure everything we're doing is being done responsibly. Like, no, it's not what you're doing. If you had any sense of responsibility of the whole thing at all, you would just stop doing it. Yep. Because it's irresponsible to violate individual privacy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just this general, and this is the problem, it's just this general, like, search. It's not something specific, it's not, it's, you know, I can understand, you know, the government maybe investigating, like, some sort of reported crime that was occurring, mm-hmm. but that's not what they're doing, they're just searching everybody, yeah, they're you know, randomly. they're invading everybody's privacy randomly, kind of. Literally trolling, but without the trolling. Yeah, yeah. it's just and such if, a waste of money. If they decide you're talking about something that's a conspiracy theory... Then they're going to investigate you for it. Yeah, it's like like that's the thing that should be outraged people more than the privacy violation because it's like I don't even know if it's so much like I'm not even that concerned about that. I'm more like I'm just more outraged by like the fact that they're wasting money on this garbage, right? Like, <laughs> like seriously. Oh, don't worry, they'll waste more. Oh, I know they will. Uh, Stone, the University of Chicago professor, questioned why the post office would be tasked with something like identifying violent protests two months after the January 6th attack which would appear to have little or nothing to do with the post office's role in delivering mail. I just don't think the Postal Service has the degree of sophistication that you would want if you were dealing with national security issues of this sort, he said. That part is puzzling, he added. There are so many other federal agencies that could do this. No, let me correct you. There are so many other federal agencies that already do this. Right? Yeah, I mean, the the government, especially the federal government in the United States, is just so massive this, that every time, every time they do something, it's like there's already multiple other organizations that are doing the same stupid thing. Maybe they're just trying to outsource, and, right? And they have, like, you know, you know, the crazy thing is, like, 
even like when we talk about getting rid of laws, right? Like like the Patriot Act, maybe for example. There's already other laws that they can use to do the same thing yep. that authorize the same thing. It's like it's not one program you're shutting down. You've got a dozen a dozen different programs you got to shut down if you really want to shut it down. Stone goes on to say, I don't understand why the post office would be doing it. There's no need for the post office to do it. You've got the FBI. You've got Homeland Security and so on and so on. So I don't know why the post office is doing this. Yeah, it's you know, it's kind of like the raid, right? It's like they didn't send the FBI to 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 raid, right? They sent the FBI, the Treasury Department, the IRS, the well, postal there, inspector. There was a postal the, inspector. The, that's what I just said. The postal right. inspector. The um, trying to think who else. The the local sheriff, the local police. Like there were more than a do- half a dozen different agencies that the government sent in order to raid. You know, uh, and it was just, it was just it's just like how. How many different organizations, you know, do you really need in order to investigate? <laughs> How many alphabet agencies does it take to raid a radio studio? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you, and it's it's kind of funny because it's like everything that is done here is on the radio. Yeah, you could like, just download the archive. <laughs> yeah, you could just tune in Monday through Sunday from 7 p.m. until 10 p.m. Eastern at a variety of radio stations or at LRN.FM if you There's wanted to. 200 of them or so. Yeah, a right? cu- like, couple hundred radio stations. Were, multiple satellites, if I'm not mistaken, were, still. Yep, yep, cable satellites, channels. <laughs> satellites are still rolling. Um, we're on, I mean, if you have any kind of a podcast app or program or podcast catcher, type in Free Talk Live. And boom, there we are. So yeah. Not like we're hiding. <laughs> nope. Now, one of the reasons that I'm here and I do this is because I'm a huge advocate of freedom of speech. Why? Why am I a huge advocate of freedom of speech? That makes you a threat to the U.S. government. Yeah, 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 of course it does. Because um, <laughs> I'm so threatening with my speaking into a microphone. Ooh, scary. I think that they started making cyberbullying a thing so they could lead up to this. Yeah, they don't like competition because the government is the world's largest bully. Oh, yeah. Like, if you look at the definition that even government and schools themselves put out as the definition of bullying, and you read them point by point by point by point, you can go, well, government does that, and government does that, and government does that. What makes it all the worse is that the government is literally stealing your money to do it, (laughs) right? Like. You remember we went through this whole period, I don't know, a decade or so ago, decade and a half ago, with the anti-bullying campaigns? Yeah, that's what I was talking right? about. Yeah. I, that's yeah. what I meant when I said I think they made cyberbullying like a thing so they could cha- go on to be like, so you can hurt online. You can do bad things online. You can be a terrorist yeah. online. So they were blazing the trail for themselves? Yeah. Interesting. So they can eventually prosecute you for things you say online. It is amazing to me that we went through this period of like anti-bullying and very few people put put it together that like, hey, uh, the very agencies that are telling us to not cyberbully are the largest violators of cyberbullying. Yep. (laughs) And still are to this day. They're using the freaking post office to cyberbully you. The post office. They can't even deliver mail appropriately, and now they want to surveil your social media with the post office? When cops go and steal a whole bunch of money and weed from somebody's car that they pulled over, they, like, post pictures of themselves with it. You know, have you seen that, like, on Facebook posts of actual cop, uh, like, police department Facebooks, official Facebooks? That's, like, cyberbullying. Like, look what we stole. 
Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, look, look, we we took this person's property from them. Ha 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 And the worst thing is, like, often it's like a lie. Like they just they lie about the people. Like they raid somebody's home, and oh, like five years ago, you know, uh, they raided. Uh, oh, I don't know the studio, and you know, they made up some lie about child porn that never existed, and nobody was ever prosecuted for. And oh, they even returned computers, which they wouldn't do if there was child porn on them. Yeah. So. Mm, yeah you know it's like and then of course they 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 spread it all over the news that lie and you know uh, yep. under tried to undermine you know oh i don't know people who are actually trying to you know um you know promote freedom of speech you know well and i find it odd too that uh, the accusations of potential child porn that uh, was their reason for the that raid uh, here in the studio came directly after i don't know directly it was a day after but I think it was like very soon after uh this particular talk program i think it was mark or mark edge yeah uh, who had revealed that the fbi had in fact been running a child porn sting operation and distributing child porn they were the largest distributor of child porn that is to say the fbi was the largest distributor of child porn on the internet for that period of time. And, and do you want to know, you know, you know why the FBI was so upset with the Free Talk Live and Ian and everybody? It had to do with the fact that Free Talk Live was the only nationally syndicated outlet, the only major player actually telling the people about this. Yes. Um, that's the thing that was so outrageous. The yes. fact that people, a group of people who were at one time the largest distributor of child porn are coming after people at all, like that they're allowed to go and prosecute other people for things they are saying is crime that's just crazy why are people allowing that yeah and this sentence the law enforcement arm of the u.s postal service just really bothers me 603-283-6160 when we come back amazon delivery drivers forced to sign biometric consent form or lose their job more free talk live is on the way Everyone has a different war. For some, in the UN peacekeeping mission to Grenya, the struggle is just to survive. For others, it's to remain sane. For the rebels of the freehold of Grenya, their war is for their very way of life. They'll do everything and anything to stop this invasion, and they mean to make the enemy suffer. Because physical wounds heal. Freehold. Defiance. A collection of hard-hitting tales gathered by series creator Michael Z. Williamson and BaneBooks.com. Free Talk Live. Yes, it is Free Talk Live. The live call-in radio talk program that you can take control of the airwaves and talk about anything that's on your mind. The telephone number to do that is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160 is the number here in the studio if you'd like to join us. Tonight, I am your host. I am the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me. It's Bonnie. And Chris. Before I get to this article about Amazon delivery drivers forced to sign a biometric consent form or lose their job, I wanted to, Chris had wondered out loud during the previous, one of the previous segments about the quote, and it was, the tree of liberty 
must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. I believe that's Thomas Jefferson, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, thank you to one of our chatters. Um, I just saw that during the, the break here, so appreciate you piping in. So that's the quote that we were. Yeah, it's we a great quote. About. Yes. Uh, so this from Motherboard or Vice.com, if you will. Amazon delivery drivers forced to sign a biometric consent form or lose their job. Now, before I read anything from this article, I realize that, at least from a libertarian perspective or a voluntarist perspective, that if you sign up for a job, um, you know, you agree to whatever conditions they outline for you as uh, conditions of employment. I mean, you can you can have you can counter their the, the agreement. Usually, there's an employment agreement, right? Yes, and That's you what I'm can about. you can add your own stuff to that agreement, sure. assuming the other side will permit it. And sometimes people aren't in a position to like. You know, negotiate, negotiate, but that's not, you know, that's, you know, that is, it is what it is. You take the job or you don't take the job. Right. You know, if you want the job, generally you agree to whatever the employment agreement says, whatever those conditions are. Oftentimes people just don't have the nerve to, you know, try to negotiate with the employer, I think. And so somehow, you know, because they fail in some respect, they then like expect some yeah, you know, some sort of socialism or something like, or some sort of like rights or something that they shouldn't really have. Yeah, this brings up the question for me: like, as an employee of well, any company really, do you have a reasonable expectation of any privacy at all? Well, I can say I've known like a bunch of people who worked in Amazon warehouses because there was like at least one near where I lived in Texas. And I've heard so many times, and it's so easy to steal from them. Maybe that has something to do with that. Like, they have to know exactly who's holding what package or what time or something. Well, I mean, they've deployed massive amounts of technology already with package shipping and that kind of a thing. They already have things like GPS embedded in their vehicles. I realize that they outsource to independent contractors, and so they're not able to do that with independent contractors. But sometimes they are if they provide the vehicle. But let's see what this article has to say. The new cameras, which are being implemented nationwide, use artificial intelligence to access driver's location, movement, and biometric data. Amazon delivery drivers nationwide have to sign a biometric consent form this week. And let me see when was this dated. This is dated March 23rd. So uh, they have to sign a biometric consent form this week that grants the tech behemoth permission to use AI-powered cameras to access driver's location, movement, and biometric data. If the company's delivery drivers, who number around 75,000 just in the United States, refuse to sign these forms, they lose their jobs. Yeah, see, I, I would refuse. And, I, you know, it's funny. It's like I have actually been in situations where I've effectively turned down jobs over things like pay or, yep. you know, other other circumstances that are not that different from this. And, you know, if, if, if a employer decides to change the circumstances under which they are willing to employ you, it's then up to you to decide, okay, is this job still worth, you know, work? Is this employer still worth working for? Right. And if it's not, then quit. 
You know, this is why people, this is why you save up your money, okay? You put it a little bit off to a rainy day, into a rainy day People don't save money, Chris. Yeah, but this is is on you if you don't do those things, right? Oh, I agree, yes. And I I would say that some of it, you know, the blame for why people don't have the money, and I know somebody's going to say, but I don't know how to make enough money. Well, the reason you don't make enough money is because the government is stealing from you, okay? So stop promoting the government. You know, and then, you know, you'll actually have the money to take care of yourself in those situations. Yeah, there are ways to reduce your outgo, right? So a lot of people spend a lot of time talking about income. Yep. The opposite of that I refer to casually as outgo, right? Or your spending. Yeah. Right? There, there are ways to do that. I worked for a place uh, for a, a manufacturer uh, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, in which... Uh, many non-English speaking minorities of the Asian variety were employed in the production lines. Now, uh, I had a pretty crappy car. My boss directly above me had a pretty crappy rusted out car. Um, but w- there was a family of people uh, who had a really nice car who worked there on the production line. Thing is, they had one car for the entire household, mm. right? They all commuted in that car from their house to this job, right? And they were all able to afford to live where they lived because they all contributed as a group to this thing. And it wasn't just families who were doing this. There were odd groups of people who would get together and otherwise become roommates with each other to reduce their costs so that they could save up for things like property or business right. or you know have three or six months of expenses in the bank so that if they did lose their job for any reason, they had time to go and, right. you know, and get and other people employment. people do this all over the world. You know, you rent a room in a house as opposed to rent an apartment, right? right. And you cut your costs drastically. Right. And, you know, when, you're, when your rent is $300 a month because you're renting a room, you know, as opposed to, you know, a $1,500 apartment, you know, all of a sudden you actually do have money in the bank to put away for a rainy day. I think that this is all good advice and everything, but sometimes um, it's just hard to save for some people. Sometimes it might not yes. be like, possible to switch like your whole living situation you know things like that there are certainly cases where you know that isn't like you're not going to be able to save enough right like i mean but the problem is most of the people complaining that's not it you know they're that's not their situation right um you know obviously there's going to be somebody who has a medical issue that you know there's there's no way anybody can afford to deal with it um you know but that's not most of the people who are complaining most of the people who are complaining are people who they're not they may not some of them anyway may not be making it's not even the people who are at the bottom that are complaining so much as the people in the middle that seem to be complaining the most probably because but, they have time to sit around and think about this stuff instead of like constantly be working yeah but it's like and it, the crazy thing is like some of the people you know at the bottom like they're actually more uh freedom oriented you know um than a lot of the people who are you know working for not a lot of money but like i would say like american americans that are more towards the bottom of the pay scale. Exactly. Right? I feel like a lot of like socialists and stuff like that are just like people, you know, like people who are otherwise like privileged. Well, this uh, article says that the form that these UPS or I'm sorry, uh, Amazon drivers are being forced to sign requires the drivers to agree to facial recognition and other biometric data collection within the trucks they drive. Amazon may use certain technology that processes biometric information, including onboard safety camera technology, which collects your photograph for the purposes of confirming your identity, and connecting you to your driver account. The form reads, 
Using your photograph, this technology may create biometric information and collect, store, and use biometric information from such photographs. It adds that this technology tracks vehicle location and movement, including miles driven, speed, acceleration, braking, turns, and following distance. As a condition of delivery packages for Amazon, you consent to the use of this technology. I, I don't know that I could work for Amazon if they put something like that in front of my face. I certainly wouldn't install an Amazon app. If I was already working for them and they were like, hey, you got to sign this or be gone. I'd be like, see ya. Yeah. I'm checking out. Here. I'm going to go do something else for somebody else because uh, that ain't worth it to me. 603-283-6160. Would you have your biometrics uh, data for a job? Call in and talk about whatever's on your mind. The telephone number to do so is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live, the Friday night edition. We've been talking about this article from Vice where apparently Amazon is requiring its delivery drivers to sign a biometric consent form or else lose their job. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. It's Bunny. And Chris. Before we go on with this article, there's been some comments in the chat room about Bonnie's alcohol problem. <laughs> it, Are we really going to reveal this it, on radio? It appears, <laughs> it appears that Bonnie is chugging a can of something, at least if you're watching on video, that from a distance might <laughs> appear to be a light beer, like a natural light or a natty ice or something like that. It would be my third. So, so Bonnie, <laughs> is, this, is this the reason that uh, Ian hasn't been released? The real reason? Is is he afraid to come back afraid? because is you've been you've been abusing him? I just drink Miller Lite every night. And abuse <laughs> <him>. <laughs> no, uh, no. For anybody who can't tell, it's just some sparkling water from Kroger. It looks like. Yeah. What's it called? I can't even. Belle V. Oh, I was close. It's just like unflavored sparkling water. They oh. don't have Tobo Chico up here, you guys. So it's a seltzer. Yeah, it's a seltzer water. Yeah. So seltzer water, it is. So, yeah, all right, well, at, at least you don't have a drinking problem yet. I don't, I don't really have any kind of a drinking problem. It's not that fun to me anymore because I'm old now. <laughs> You're like half my age. <laughs> old now. Don't worry, you'll develop something. <laughs> Give it time. Give it time. Mm. At any rate, uh, this article uh, <laughs> continues talking about, in February, Amazon announced plans to install the AI-powered four lens cameras made by the tech company Netradyne in all of its Amazon-branded delivery vans. company says cameras are being used to improve safety and the quality of the delivery experience. But as Thomas Reuters reported earlier this month, some drivers are quitting their jobs because of privacy concerns. Good. The Netradyne cameras are able to sense when a driver yawns, appears distracted, or isn't wearing a seatbelt, according to a product description, wow. and monitors drivers' body and facial movements. 
That's scary that they can monitor when you yawn. They actually have a copy of the biometric consent here, and I'll just read a little bit of it. Uh, At Amazon, we are continuously evaluating technologies that make it easier for drivers, referred to in this consent as delivery associates, to deliver packages safely and securely, as well as improve the quality of the delivery experience for the delivery associates and customers. The vehicles you operate while making deliveries may come equipped with technology such as telematics devices that collect GPS and navigation-related information, cameras with video and photograph capabilities, and sensors. The sensors is what bothers me. Because, like, okay, what kind of sensors? Are they monitoring your body temperature? Are they monitoring your blood pressure, your rate of sweat? You know, they, you know, that, you know, it's, you know what's kind of messed up is, like, I'm concerned about all of these things, but it's not my employer, right? And it's not because I work for myself or my, my own company, but it's because you know that the government's already doing the same things. And unlike your employer, you can't opt out of the government. That is true. You yeah. know? Yeah. I, as much as I would like to. <laughs> right. Right. Me too. <laughs> Dear government, where's the unsubscribe button? I'm- I'd like to hit that bastard. I'm freaking out that they're going to start making Uber Eats drivers do this because I would still like to do that when I get like a phone that uh, whenever I get like my phone with my plan back, hopefully. And I don't want to be filmed while I'm driving around doing Uber Eats. That w- That's like part of what I love about that job, like being alone. Yeah, I, I can see that. I did drive uh, graveyard shift for a while. I did uh, what they call relay driving. So I would drive around a, a cube van. So I didn't need any special like CDL license or anything. But my van would get loaded up with newspapers and magazines. And I would drive around from town to town and drop them off at like drugstores and apothecaries and little mom and pop shops and that kind of thing. You know, bun- like bundles of stuff. And I got to be alone, right? Except for I had to go and pick up the stuff to go and do my my route, if you will. And so that's where I met my boss, and that's where I got my instructions. And like, oh, hey, by the way, this place is getting this many instead of that many today or whatever, right? Different periodicals and that kind of a thing. And we'd go over all the paperwork, and I'd have to sign a thing that said, yep, my truck was loaded with all. I'd have to count them myself and you know, oh, that yeah. kind of stuff, you know. And then I would go and drive all night long. And just go and drop stuff off. And it was great. I'd listen to talk radio all night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, just be by myself. No boss looking over my shoulder. You know, I I developed great driving skills as a result. I'm a pretty good driver of almost any type of vehicle now. Me too. And this is the great thing about the free market and competition, right? Like, there is... And I don't. I think the feature is not in there in in this app anymore. But there was at one point, as I understand it, Selfware One One. I believe had it, some similar sort of. Yeah, it had like a, an Uber style uh, uh, feature, right? Right. So like you could do ride sharing, but it was decentralized and autonomous. Right. Right. And and that's the thing. Like people, you know, there's there is a there's something called the free market, and when you have the free market. Yeah, and there is a free market for this thing called jobs. You can go somewhere else. You can find one of these other options um, and and adopt it and promote that. And then, you know, you end up with a situation where, oh, you know, maybe you're making a little bit more money or maybe you're, uh, you know, you're not being spied on, you know, 24-7 or at least while you're, you know, doing the job. I think companies need to remember that, like, I know that we, we like, work for them, but, like, you're doing them a favor. Like, I always feel like people are always, like, 
um, like I would never like call out on a day that I'm not really sick or something like that. And I'm just like, you know that you're doing them a favor, right? Like, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm not the best worker sometimes, though. <laughs> I mean, I, I I like my job that I have right now so much. I can tell if you want to be successful at really any job, right? The number one thing you got to do show up is show up yeah i'm not even kidding i know it sounds stupid i know it sounds simple i know it sounds you know juvenile it's like something that you well of course you gotta show up no literally show up show up up on time show up on time yeah and be consistent about it yeah right like there are studies that have been done that like the least productive workers who show up on time all of the time get rewarded more than the most productive workers yeah, it's you know, and I've I've employed a lot of people over the years, and I have to say, just people showing up on time, and I don't even mean like on time, like at exactly ten o'clock or ten thirty or whatever it is right. that they're scheduled for. I'm saying just show up within the first five to ten minutes, you know, of the time that your job is scheduled for, and yeah. I'll be happy. Um, the fact that there's so many people out there who are just like they just don't, they can't even do that. It, it's just it's amazing. It is amazing. I feel attacked. <laughs> you're one of these people who are, are you one of these persistently people? late yeah do you show up for your job like 10 15 minutes late the job that i have right now i'm gonna try really hard not to do that because i actually like being there but every other job i've ever had pretty much liking being at your job is one of the key factors to success i'm being too honest right now on the radio <laughs> yeah, 603 boss in the room 283-6160 more free talk live on the way do you feel like your country no longer holds your values Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Welcome back to the show. It is Free Talk Live. The telephone number in the studio for you to join us is 603-283-6160. You can call in, talk about anything at all, talk about what we've been talking about, whatever's on your mind. It's Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me, it's Bonnie and Chris. On March 16th of this year, a joint government task force raided the New Hampshire Bitcoin Embassy, the Mighty Moose Mart, a convenience store, the homes of Aria DiMezzo, Andy and Renee Spinella, Colleen Fordham, who's the grandmother, and perhaps most relevant, the studios of Free Talk Live, the radio show you're listening to now. The Crypto Six were arrested, and most were released on bail, but Rich Paul, also known as Nobody, and Ian Freeman both remain in custody and have not been released on bail. We've been in contact with attorneys that say no crime even appears to have been committed. 
But that didn't stop the Joint Thug Task Force from ripping out wires from the back of our broadcast stacks and taking Free Talk Live off the air and violating our and your First Amendment rights. You can go to thecrypto6.com and donate to the fight against these charges, but as importantly, contact media and tell them about this outrage. This case is likely to set precedent for the use of cryptocurrency well into the future. Help our fight for liberty and financial freedom at thecrypto6.com. Thecrypto6.com. Okay, so we've been talking about Amazon making their drivers sign these biometric uh, release forms or lose their job because they're going to install some nifty cameras with all sorts of sensors and things of that nature. Uh, Deborah Bass, or Bass, if you're a musician, said that Netrodyne cameras are used to help keep drivers and the communities where we deliver safe. Uh, she's a spokeswoman for Amazon, by the way, Deborah Bass. We piloted the technology from April to October in 2020 on over 2 million miles of delivery routes, and the results produced remarkable driver and community safety improvements. Accidents decreased 48%. Stop sign violations decreased 20%. Driving without a seatbelt decreased 60%. I, I'll never get used to that because I live in New Hampshire where that's not a law. You don't have to wear a seatbelt. I'm pretty sure if you work for Amazon, it will uh, be required. Oh, of course. <laughs> uh, distracted driving decreased 45% as well. Don't believe the self-interested critics who claim these cameras are intended for anything other than safety, said Deborah Bass. Technically, these drivers aren't even employed by Amazon, but by roughly 800 companies known as delivery service partners that operate out of Amazon delivery stations. Oh, wow, that, that actually is a problem um, because... Once you start controlling your uh, contractor, they're no longer right. a contractor. They're an, they're employee. an employee. So that could be a problem for Amazon. It says, still, Amazon controls many aspects of its driver's working conditions, from their training to their uniforms to the delivery quotas. I didn't know that quotas. I had one driver who refused to sign, the owner of an Amazon delivery company said, in the Pacific Northwest, and told Motherboard. Motherboard granted the business owner anonymity because they feared retaliation. From Amazon, it is a heartbreaking conversation when someone tells you that you're their favorite person they've ever worked for, but Amazon just micromanages them too much. The policy has already received scrutiny from Congress. Last month, five senators raised concerns about drivers' privacy in a letter to Amazon. So, you know, I mean, Amazon is such a behemoth of a company, it's going to do whatever it wants. And it's not until it'll get the law changed in their favor, if it, if right? You, uh, but it's but it's not until people who work for them, if if the conditions are unacceptable for yep. whatever reason. I'm not saying that working for Amazon in all capacities conditions are acceptable. I know several folks on the West Coast who work for Amazon, and they're like, "I've never been happier at my job." Right? So you know, software type people, technical people mm. uh, who work for Amazon. Um, other folks go and work for them and are like. Oh my God! I can't get anything done. It's such a behemoth of a company. So that's not a job for you. Look right. for a smaller company. Uh, you know, there's a lot of companies out there in the United States, and I think if I recall correctly, most of the companies um, that exist are actually small companies. So it's like it's 
it's something like like more than 60% are small companies. So. It's, so, it's so annoying to work with those coworkers that complain about the company all the time. And you're like, why do you work here? I had one one time and right? I sincerely thought she just hated her job. And I had heard that the grocery store on the military base we worked at was hiring, which everybody would always be like, oh, that's a really good job. And I don't think I applied for it. But I asked, I told her, I was just like, oh, they're hiring like, and they pay really good and it's an easy job. And she just didn't want to apply to it. She was just like... Um, it's too much work. Yeah, like, <laughs> right? But she, she just wanted to work at this restaurant that sucked to work for. Yeah, she wanted to work there and complain every day. Right. I mean, it is important to keep in mind that there are, you know, different things that make different people happy. Right. Some for some people, making them ha- what makes them happy is complaining. Yes. You know, the ability to complain, having a really bad job. If, if that is what makes you happy, then may I suggest a career in quality assurance. Right, particularly <laughs> yes, software definitely. quality assurance. If uh, like, um, I, I don't know that I'd like to complain, but when I find something that I think is dumb, I'm good at being like, "Hey, this is dumb. This shouldn't have been done like this." And so I did uh, a few stints as a software quality assurance person, uh, a couple of contracts, and. It was fun because basically I got to use their app, I got to browse their website, I got to use you know whatever applications that they had outside of those that like integrated with that kind of stuff, and go, oh this sucks, oh this is dumb, oh users will hate this, right? And then just write up bugs based on the user experience, and then that would go back up to the engineers, and they would develop around those things to make the user experience much better. So I literally got to complain. That sounds like a fun job. Yeah, it it was fun. Sadly, the uh, company that I worked for uh, went under suddenly, and uh, you know everybody lost their jobs on Mm. the same day. So, at any rate, what is the you know the voluntarist, the anarchist, the libertarian perspective on something like this? You know, biometric data being collected from your employer. Do you have a reasonable expectation of any privacy with your employer? Depends on the job. Okay. With what jobs then would you have a reasonable expectation of privacy? I, I mean, I think there's some jobs that, you know, if I'm a software developer or you know, if you're like, a driver for a subcontractor for Amazon, why would you not have any expectations of privacy? If I was working as a contractor for Amazon, I would expect some privacy. I would just you know? say if the if the co- contract says that you'll have privacy or like not be spied on, then you should expect it. And if the contract doesn't say that, look for a different job. Yeah. I mean, and this is the thing, like if, if I was working as a delivery driver, as an employee for Amazon, I would not, I don't think I would, I, I wouldn't object externally uh, to Amazon demanding that I would not go to work for Amazon as an employee. If I was a contractor, I would very much expect, you know, to have control over my own vehicle and the business that I'm running. Right. Um, and I certainly would not sign that contract to, to, you know, contract, do contract work for Amazon if they were requiring that. Right. If you own a fleet of vehicles, <laughs> you can contract to whomever you want to do deliveries and that kind of stuff. There are options. Now, right. Amazon might be seen as a cash cow. I'm sure it They're is. They're huge. Absolutely. I'm sure it is. Um, but there are other places you can contract to UPS and FedEx and mm-hmm. things of that nature. There's all sorts of other like relay postmates and um, you know relay distribution services, stuff like that that you can contract to. Now it might be a little difficult for you to like mid stride change your your business strategy, you know from. Well, and there's people who contract for multiple different companies. Yes, doing that absolutely. So, you know, and the government wants to prevent that. Basically, they they've passed laws to prevent that now. So. 
603-283-6160 is the phone number if you'd like to join the conversation here on Free Talk Live. When we come up, what famous doctor has chalked up over 300 media appearances over the past year? We'll tell you about it. Yes, it is Free Talk Live. The live call-in radio talk program where we bring you the perspective of peace, freedom, and prosperity, but also allow you to call and talk about whatever's on your mind. If you want to do that, the telephone number is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. It's Bonnie. And Chris. So, what famous doctor has chalked up over 300-plus media appearances over the past year? That sounds like something someone could do if their job was to be an actor. Right. Is, let me guess. Is this is this a is he working in a propagandist uh, position like you know public relations, PR, something like that? I would say he is definitely a propagandist. Okay. I don't know who it is, but uh... well, his name is Doctor Anthony Fasci. Oh, yes, that would definitely uh, explain <laughs> a, it. Uh, some people would pronounce it Fauci, but I think we all know better. Anthony Fasci. For decades, Anthony Fasci was an unrecognizable government bureaucrat to anyone who lived outside of the D.C. Beltway. He would pop up out of obscurity and into the conversation every few years in the event of a niche issue involving an infectious disease. That all changed with the COVID-19 pandemic, if you want to call it that, which elevated the once irrelevant Mandarin to stardom today he is a media mainstay the celebrity doctor who has become best known for his routine peddling of quackery related to the coronavirus he has helped develop a cult following thanks to his consistent political activism and regular appearances across a plethora of media platforms this by the way is an article from the American Institute for Economic Research uh, by Jordan Schachtel. What a narcissist. Like, I, I don't think I would ever go on TV 300 times in one year. I would just be, like, not able to do that, right? So that, wouldn't the average person think that was oh hard? <laughs> so that, that first paragraph that I just read there, Chris, was like, yeah, this is me saying he is a propagandist, right? Yeah. I, I didn't even write this, but, like, that first paragraph basically says... That's- that's hard to achieve. 300 days, you said? Only two months of a whole year. 300 plus appearances on media over, over the past, past year. year, right? There's only wow. 365 days right. in a year. Right. So that's nearly one a day. Yeah, that's, that's, I, I, how do you keep up with that? That's like, I, I you know. That would ugh. have to be your job. I yeah. would have to be getting paid to do that. Yeah. I, I mean, that's his, after, his after the, uh, after the terrorist attack on the studio, I think I did, was it 10? Shows uh, in a row 
Maybe that, even more like 10 or 11. 10 or 12. 11, whatever it was, at three hours a day. And that was a lot. Like right. I needed a break, you know, right right about when the break came. I'm like, oh, thank God I get a break, right? Um, but like that is hard enough to do. I can't imagine doing 300 different media appearances uh, in the course must, of a year. I mean, he literally must have somebody taking care of scheduling for that kind of oh, that level yeah, of of course of, he's, of, uh, he's got people he's got people yeah yeah you'd have to have a secretary or somebody if you've to ever care seen of any of these politicized people uh, they have makeup people they have uh, speech writers they have people who give them uh, cue cards that have things like these are your talking points right 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 you know, all that kind of stuff it, to believe anthony fashi is any different i think would be foolish the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, NIAID, where Anthony Fasci has held the top post for 38 years. Ever since 1984. It now accommodates their celebrity doctor by maintaining a dedicated list of his media appearances. Scroll through the Fauci in the News tab on the NA, or NIAID website and you will find page after page of Dr. Fasci's seemingly endless schedule of media hits. By my count, he has accumulated well over 300 media appearances over the past year alone. On Sunday, Fasci got a high dose of his television fix, racking up four separate TV appearances on ABC, CNN, CBS, and NBC. How does he have time to do all this research? Oh, well. Isn't he question. supposed to be like the most researched, most wisest to be like human? The foremost Not. expert. <laughs> the partial list, which was update last updated on April nineteenth, shows that Fasci has collected three hundred nine media appearances over the past year alone. By comparison, in twenty nineteen, Fasci made about one media appearance per week. Additionally, the Fasci in the news list does not account for many of his appearances on random celebrity YouTube channels, podcast hits, radio interviews, live stream conferences, and the like, which easily send his average media hits over the past year to well over one appearance per day. Oh my God, that's crazy. When Anthony Fasci isn't in front of a camera, he's said to be on the front lines battling the pandemic as the nation's foremost infectious disease expert. Maybe they just have like four actors that play Anthony Fauci so he can make all of his TV appearances. You got a twin or something? I'm not a foremost infectious disease expert. I just play one on TV. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's what they call him. The foremost infectious disease expert. A label that is somehow justified by his track record of being a government bureaucrat for half a century. Sometimes I just feel like we live in South Park. We do. Yeah, right. That's why South Park is funny. Because South Park is able to go, hey, look at this reality in cartoon form. I just feel like they've probably had some kind of a character that was like an expert. Like, you know, the geniuses on I, I, for the I, oh wait, Apple stores. The geniuses. Like, that's such a stupid, silly name. When I hear expert talking about Anthony Fauci, I'm just, yeah, that sounds Again, pompous. foremost infectious disease expert. Other than working his way up the ranks of a government bureaucracy and using crafty political maneuvers to build his personal status in Washington, D.C. and around the world, it is unclear what exactly Anthony Fasci has accomplished to deserve this label. With all of that time in front of the camera, it might make some people wonder 
if the celebrity bureaucrat has time to actually follow the latest data and statistics <laughs> on something like a pandemic. Yeah, rather than actually be making it. <laughs> Given his routine blunders, his lack of transparency, and his advocacy for continued shutdowns, there are now over 50 published scientific studies that show lockdowns don't work. And it's safe to say that the NIAID director is either ignorant and clueless or purposefully advocating for measures that do not work to stop the spread. There's a few uh, tweets that they've uh, quoted here in this article from the American Institute for Economic Research. This is from Brumby. As lockdowns were implemented, I felt they were a horrible idea due to collateral damage, but I naively expected them to at least be modestly effective. That they were not admittedly surprised me. It also converts them from bad policy to complete abomination. Now, 50 studies below. This will be my first and possibly last tweet, as I am mostly here to learn. It is prompted by a recent study questioning lockdown efficacy that is getting a lot of attention. It appears people believe it to be the first of its kind, but I have been collecting similar. So that's one guy. Genevieve Campbell. Dr. Fauci was asked why Texas, with no statewide restrictions, hasn't seen a surge this spring unlike other states. His answer? It's not the mandates that matter. It's behavior. And Texans are simply behaving better than people in Michigan. There's a video accompanying this, and it says, just watch. It's astounding. We're not going to watch it, obviously. We're a radio <laughs> show. Good news doesn't control people, which is why Fashy has become exclusively known as the bearer of bad news. Good news is not particularly good for ratings, nor is it good for the prospects of another exclusive appearance with Brian Selter or Chuck Todd. Which, by the way, uh, if you watch Chuck Todd, uh, you're a horrible person because you should never trust a man with two first names. Anyway, he prefers, that's Fauci, to keep viewers afraid, malleable, and on edge. In media hit after media hit, Fashi predictably reminds viewers that there is supposedly an active or imminent crisis in the works. Without a perpetual crisis to shine a light on, the cameras may turn in another direction. Fashi, a seasoned operative, wants the show to continue. When the virus wasn't scary enough, surely the double mutant virus would keep people compliant. When people started accommodating the COVID vaccine, Fashi pulled the rug out from under them and openly speculated about the possibility of thousands of vi variants avoiding the vaccine, thereby making you vulnerable once more. Hour number three of Free Talk Live is on the way. Look, I'm sorry, but you're in for a world of pain if you use Koinomi. The reason is their wallet doesn't support payments. The solution is simple. Let them hear your voice. Message Koinomi on Twitter. It takes five seconds and tell them AnyPay sent you because they're on the fence right now and your voice will prove that people care about using Bitcoin for payments. Go tweet at Koinomi now or even better, leave a review in the app store. They really pay attention there. Thanks. Free Talk Live. Yes, it is Free Talk Live. The live call-in talk radio program where you 
can take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever's on your mind. The telephone number is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. And just so folks are clear, we have somebody typing in all caps about how they don't like to be on hold when a phone rings, you answer it, etc. and so on in one of the chat rooms. Um, Here's how it works. You call the phone number and you hear a little message that plays and then, yes, you get put on hold and you hear the current show. You get put on hold until one of us can screen you. That generally happens during the commercial breaks. We screen you. We ask you your name, what your topic is, where you're calling from, and we write it down. And then we put you on hold again. And then when the commercial breaks are over, we introduce you and bring you on air to have the conversation. So that's how things work here at Free Talk Live. If you would like to join in the conversation, then please do call 603-283-6160. But do expect to be put on hold until you can be screened. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass. And joining me... It's Bonnie. And Chris. I'm glad you remembered your name this time. I, Do I'm I usually like, forget my no, name? No, you're pretty good. You're like pretty my good. biggest fear that I'm just going to say something like, that's not uh, my name. Just uh, say another name or something. I don't know. <laughs> Dave's not here, man. Wait, no, that was our 420 episode. We did all the fun stuff. <laughs> I think for the first two segments, I ended every sentence with man. <laughs> Vincent said he was excited to do a 420 episode He was, and it was good uh, But I wanted to remind you that on March 16th of 2020 Government agencies conspired together and raided the Free Talk Live studio The Bitcoin Embassy, the homes of Aria Demetso, Renee and Andy Spinella, and Colleen Fordham These crypto, these six people, known as the Crypto Six, were then arrested and taken into custody Ian Freeman and nobody, formerly known as Rich Paul, both remain in custody. What can you do to help? You can check out thecrypto6.com. There are multiple ways in which you can donate to their legal defense fund because these charges are not a joke. It's going to take serious legal teams and many experts to protect the Crypto 6 from further aggression from the state. This case is very likely to set precedent that will affect the world of cryptocurrency for decades to come. Help them in their fight for liberty and financial freedom by contributing to their legal defense fund over at thecrypto6.com. One more time, thecrypto6.com. We've been talking about this article from the American Institute for Economic Research about your favorite television doctor. No, I'm not talking about, uh, oh, what was the other guy? Dr. Phil? Oh. Yeah, yeah, not talking about that guy. <laughs> not talking about that guy. But Dr. Fauci, I mean Fauci. Anthony Fauci has chalked up over 300 plus media appearances in the past year. And that's not counting like podcasts and YouTube appearances and that type of thing. Um, he is an agent, uh, in, in my opinion, an agent of propaganda, of fear propaganda, fear porn, if you will, uh, to keep you scared, to keep you afraid of the hobgoblin that is the coronavirus, which I've had, by the way, and I got over. And guess what? No big deal. I mean, I was down for a couple of weeks, but I would be with anything like the flu or anything like that. Anyway, uh, it was slightly different than the flu, but at no point during the entire illness did I ever think, I might die. There was no point in which that happened. I slept a lot. I had some chills, some sweats, some fever. I didn't have much of an appetite. I dropped a few pounds, which is good for me. Um, You know, it went into my lungs at the end, and so, of course... 
as a former smoker, of course, like it just kind of hangs out in your lungs for a while and you just cough and cough and cough and cough and cough. That last week that I wasn't on the, on the air, I otherwise felt fine except for I was constantly coughing and I didn't want to put that on the air. So I just stayed off the air. Yeah. Coughing ain't good for the air. No, it's not. Coughing is horrible to, for sleeping. <laughs> yes. Yes. It certainly yeah. is. Uh, so anyway, just to end uh, this article from the AIER, uh, they wrap it up by saying Anthony Fasci is having the best year of his life. It has become clear that he desperately wants the show to continue, even if that means demanding that tens of millions of people suffer by conforming to his pseudoscience-based edicts. The TV doctor sure knows how to drive ratings with the hopes that this is just season one of his long-running hit pandemic series. Yikes. Yeah. Your thoughts? Well, Cuomo did get a Emmy for his um like daytime addresses or whatever they were called, like That is a fact. You know, it's it's so the whole situation is so messed up. Like like they didn't do what they should have done in the early days and then like they told you not to wear masks and like there's all these things that were just like the time to do that would have been in the early days. And and then it, like at a certain point it's like the lockdown doesn't even make sense anymore. And it's like there's a short window where you that maybe would have worked. Maybe. No, I'm not saying it would have. Only two years to flatten the curve. Right, 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 right. But right. And this is the thing. It's like you didn't do it soon enough. And that's assuming it would work. Right. Just because you do it doesn't mean it will work. But then when you realize it's not going to when it's not working you end it because it doesn't make sense and it's hurting, hurting your economy. And then like, you know, people starve and that's exactly what we're seeing now. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's going to get any better. I, I really don't. Probably not. Not I, the way they run things. I, I've seen too many people fall for the fear that the government puts out and it, it's 90% of the population. It is a huge percentage of the population, even around here in a state that's not all that populated, an area where like Keene is the biggest city, you know, for, I don't know, an hour or so in any direction. Um, and 23,000 people, you know, that's it. We're in a, a rural area and 90 percent of the people around here are just hook, line and sinker. Seen a guy today driving around in his car with his mask on, except it was pulled down below his nose. You know, it's funny. I, I feel like I live in an enclave where the people around me don't do any of these things. But at the same time, I see other people doing it that are not immediately surrounding. And they're the South sense. Park, like, secondary character people. That's how I feel about these the people. The NPCs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's The non-player characters, for those of you who... Yeah, it's so, it's so weird because it's like you'll see people doing weird things like walking down the street, but the people immediately close to me, right? The people who are surround me in my my little community aren't doing those things you know they're they're behaving normally and yeah. it's it's the people who are kind of like outside that are walking down the street yeah. you know people i don't actually interact with that are all doing this very bizarre you know stuff and it's and i and it's crazy because i know it's not as bad here even you know with the people walking down the street compared to say new york or you know any some big other, city really yeah is. yeah some of these other places but um yeah i know i have uh some some peeps back on the West Coast in the Seattle area, and I showed them the video of the uh, the f- the flash mob, the maskless flash mob. Oh yeah, that, that happened over here at the uh, the co op, and uh, and they were like, you know, somebody tried something like that around here. I I believe they'd they get mobbed themselves and probably curb stomped by like people with masks. Right, <laughs> and, and I'm like, 
you see the point then, right? You know, like he's like, and New Hampshire really is the live free or die state. I'm like, that's why I came here. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, be, just because of that. You know, yeah, people, I, have to, I have to say it might be a little bit too much the live free or die state. I, you know, it's I like mean, we got we got people on both sides that are like you know that are that are going to be dying here, and it's it's uh you know both people with masks and without masks. They're just <laughs> they're they're going both sides are going to such extremes. It seems like it's like can't we just all get along? <laughs> what has ceased for me though, uh, at least that I've noticed since uh, Governor Flununu, I mean Snoosnu, I mean Sununu. <laughs> lifted the statewide mask mandate is people are still masking even oh, where yeah. it's not required but they're no longer confrontational to me really yeah so for example i live a bit outside of the keen area there's a grocery store i go to that i've always gone to and they've always just sort of been like you know it, they'd be confrontational and i'd be like i got a medical condition you know I, i'm medically exempt and they'd be like, oh, okay and they'd let me do my shopping anyway They've stopped confronting me like any of them at all. And also the customers who wear masks don't confront me either because you would have to deal with that as well. I've only been confronted once ever, so. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, 603-283-6160. Coming up, one state plans to eliminate all accelerated math courses prior to 11th grade. Yes, it is Free Talk Live, the live call-in radio talk program where you can take control of the airwaves, talk about whatever's on your mind. The telephone number for you to do so is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it is myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass, joining me. It's Bonnie. And Chris. So, I got this article from uh, somebody. I don't remember who. Oh, yes, actually, I do. I believe a man who refers to himself as the kahuna. This is from theblaze.com, or Blaze Media, if you will. The state of Virginia plans to eliminate all accelerated math courses prior to the 11th grade in an effort to achieve equity, says a report. Lower standards for all students in the name of equity. You know, this this sounds so much like what I'd expect from Virginia. Well, I mean, okay, stereotype if you like about <laughs> folks from the South and things that they do. But as we've seen before with anything government does, and, you know, let's not pretend that public schooling is not a government program. It is. Oh, for sure. This goes on, uh, we've seen before that when one state does a thing, generally monkey see, monkey do, and it flows to all the other states, particularly if it's effective at accomplishing whatever the goal is. You know, it, it's kind of humorous, though, too, because this is something I, I would think would be something that would be proposed more like in California or New York first. Yeah, you would think so, right? It, it, is, is Virginia, like, turning or something? I don't know. 
or certain parts of Virginia turning in the other direction? Because I, I think of Virginia more as like this hick kind of conservative uh, part of the country, you know, southern. I've only traveled briefly through Virginia. I've never stayed there for any period of time. I did know a guy named Rusty who was from Virginia, but uh, I met him in like Toledo, Ohio. Or See, Virginia is so. near Washington D.C. Part of it, right? It is. So yeah. That's probably part. Of, it's probably partially that, and I think that is more probably left. Um, the it's, conservatives, it's so maybe near, it's, they're uh, kind of taking over. It's Virginia. near East Carolina, I believe. Okay, East Carolina Wait, what? doesn't <laughs> exist. But, but. Uh, let's find out what the article has to say. The Virginia Department of Education is eliminating accelerated math courses before eleventh grade to quote improve equity in mathematics learning opportunities, according to a report by Fox News. Loudoun County School Board member Ian Serotkin brought attention to the reported academic changes on Tuesday with a Facebook post exposing the plans. Serotkin warns of a sweeping initiative by the Virginia Department of Education to revamp the K-12 math curriculum statewide over the next few years. You know, I'd rather them just let kids take whatever classes they want to take in any ways, honestly. So I don't really I don't really think people need to be forced to take, you know, the hardest math if they never want to do a job where they uh, need to know that. I Yeah, like, this is the thing. It's like, if you want to get an education, great, go and get that education. Um, but at the same time, it's like, if somebody doesn't want to get an education... Well, well let's not confuse school with education. Yeah, that's yeah. true, too. <laughs> Sorotkin's post included a chart of proposed math courses for 2022 through 2030. The Virginia Mathematics Pathways Initiative is a joint initiative amongst the Virginia Department of Education, the State Council of Higher Education for Virginia, and the Virginia Community College System, according to the VDOE website. The initiative set goals to redefine mathematics pathways for students in the Commonwealth to address the knowledge, skills, experiences, and attributes that students must attain to be successful in college and or the workforce to be, quote, life ready. The VMPI will also improve equity in mathematics learning opportunities and empower students to be active participants in a quantitative world. As currently planned, this initiative will eliminate all math acceleration prior to the 11th grade. Sirotkin wrote on Facebook, that is not an exaggeration, nor does there appear to be any discretion in how local districts implement this. So now, when I was in public school, they uh, one day they sent some unknown person into the classroom, and they gave everybody a blank piece of drawing paper and a number two pencil. And they said, we want you to draw a monster. Right? And everybody's like, hmm. Really? That's we we just draw a monster and yep. Are we graded on this? Nope. Just use your imagination, draw a monster, and uh, you know we'll, we'll we'll see how you do. And like, <laughs> okay, so everybody started drawing monsters, right? I drew this. I, I was into drawing at the time. Uh, I had aspirations of becoming like a comic book artist, right? So I was always drawing like superhero type dudes, like all muscular and stuff like that, right? So I drew this super like you know muscular superhero type body, but then I put a cyclops head on him and three arms on each side, so he had six arms, right? Pretty scary looking dude, uh, I must say, even you know though I did it myself, and um, so they did this in order to identify kids 
to put in what's called gifted and talented art class. Hmm. Right? And so they identified me as one of these kids because of my six-armed cyclops that I drew and several other kids who were far superior artists to me. Um, but we didn't have a choice in this matter. Right, we drew these monsters, and they go, oh, "Okay, so every Wednesday you're going to have to stay after school and take this additional art class." After school, no. After school, additional class. Wait, what? Right now, something like that could be looked at as a privilege, right? You could, you could, because they called it gifted and talented. And you're like, oh, but you're gifted and talented, so you get to stay after school and take the, you know, the kind of thing. Now, <laughs> uh, schools sometimes. Uh, attempt to or sound like they attempt to do the right thing and they do the wrong thing my point in all this is if they're going to eliminate advanced mathematics prior to the 11th grade let's say you're a super smart math person and and you're in 10th grade right and you want to be taking like trigonometry they're not gonna let you not gonna let you uh, you know i I thought your story was going to go a little differently, like you drew the teacher or something, or the government or something, <laughs> because, you know, monster, yeah. right? I, oh, that would have been good. Yeah, if I just drew, like, the postman and the policeman yes. and, and the <laughs> politician, and yes. these are all monsters, that would have been good. Yeah. That would have been good. I wasn't uh, I wasn't as free-minded uh, as a child as I am now as an old man. Didn't happen to all of us when we were four, Chris. That's what you said. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, as currently planned, this initiative will eliminate all math acceleration prior to 11th grade. Uh, Sorotkin and the initiative would only allow accelerated math classes in 11th and 12th grade. All 6th graders will take Foundational Concept 6. All 7th graders will take Foundational Concept 7. All 10th graders will take Essential Concepts 10. I don't know why it has to change names, not number. Anyway, you know, oh. this seems to be like such a undermining people who are like actually deficient. Like, because if they're all required to take the same class and they're not of that skill level, they're literally not going to learn anything from taking that class. Yeah, it sounds to me like when they came out with the new math, it's so simple that only a child can do it. <laughs> 603-283-6160 is our telephone number. If you'd like to join us, this is Free Talk Live. More coming up. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com Yes, welcome back to Free Talk Live. The live call-in radio talk program where you can take control of the airwaves, talk about anything that's on your mind. The telephone number here in the studio, 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Lord Reverend Captain Kickass, joining me. 
It's Bonnie. And Chris. We've been talking about this article from TheBlaze.com that says, Virginia plans to eliminate all accelerated math courses prior to the 11th grade in an effort to achieve equity. I don't know what they mean by achieve equity. I've never heard... Make everybody dumb. Well, it sounds a lot like achieve equality. And I could tell you that equality doesn't exist. Well, I just looked it up because I, I didn't want to like seem dumb, but I couldn't remember exactly what equity meant instead of equality. It means a state of justice or fairness. Because they want to be fair. Yeah, you know, wasn't there... Mm. It, you know, wasn't what? there a movie out like I don't know within the last twenty years that was like basically like everybody got dumb because they everything had to be perfectly fair. Well, Harrison Bergeron by Kurt Vonnegut is a book like a short story that's about that, and it's also why I've been rethinking the concept of like he's thinking privilege. of idiocracy. Is it was that idiocracy? Maybe. Maybe. It could have been. It could have been. Everybody just got dumber. And the well, guy, the, didn't they put like restrictions on people? Yeah, that's, like, that's like they Harrison couldn't Bergeron. be smarter. Oh, okay. Like it would zap them or something. Like headgear, no, it would zap them not, if they were too smart. It's not and stuff. Uh, idiocracy that you're thinking about. That. That's what I've been thinking about a lot recently with this whole concept of privilege. Like some things, I can see how they're saying that like society or the government has given people privilege. But some things, like they say, pretty privilege. It's like, do you want everybody to walk around like pretty people have to have some ugly scar put on their face so that way they're just not as pretty as. They are born. So well, that's all equal, subjective too, you know. right? And and as far as equality goes, I mean, even the same man is not equal to himself on different days. Yep. You that's know, true. there there's some days where like I feel like I could lift a you know I don't know 500 pounds or whatever it is. I I can't lift that much, but I'm just saying. You know, other days I'm like, man, I am so weak. Like I just got over the COVID. I was feeling pretty weak for like a good week. So you does know? everybody have to be sick all the time? Well, no, I'm just saying that, like, as far as, you know, trying to make people feel equal or fair, right, is it's a it's a never ending chase. It's never going to happen. You're never going to achieve the goal because, well, life's not fair. People aren't fair. You know, (laughs) it's just not going to happen. And you can't even be equal to yourself on different days. So to believe that you can achieve a quality you know, amongst everybody, that's just a that's just a chase that's never going to result in anything. Yeah, it seems like equal opportunity is one thing, and you know, to you know, to a degree anyway. Um, but to try and make everybody the same is just asking for trouble. Yeah. This article uh, goes on to talk about how only in eleventh and twelfth grade will there be any opportunity for choice in higher math courses in the state of Virginia. The VDOE spokesperson Charles Pyle did not dispute Surotkin's claims, but said the math courses would be malleable to each student's skill level. (laughs) When it's like a 1 to 40 ratio of teachers to kids. Differentiated instruction means providing instruction that is catered to the learning needs of each child, Pyle told Fox News. That would be true if, you know, your children are not in public schools. The VMPI implementation team is currently working to seek feedback to help ensure local implementation practices address concerns like the shift from acceleration to deeper learning, Pyle added. Offering an inclusive learning environment that engages and challenges students of a variety of levels of understanding and different interests will be a focus of the common mathematics pathways proposed in grades K through 10. These pathways seek to restructure mathematics education by focusing on instruction and reasoning 
real-world problem-solving, communication, and connections while shifting away from an emphasis on computation and routine problem practice. Wait, did I just hear that correctly? So they're they're basically they're moving people away from math into like art, what is it art now or something? Uh, instruction on reasoning, real world problem solving, communication Reason. and connections while shifting away from an emphasis on computation and routine <laughs> problem practice. So so they're eliminating math class. <laughs> That's what it sounds like, you know, or at least any higher math. Now, when I was in seventh grade, um, they they said, uh, uh, when I get to eighth grade, I'm going to get to take algebra, right? Because I did well enough in regular math class, and it was only, you know, I don't know, a handful of people that get to take algebra in eighth grade. So I get to eighth grade, and I fail algebra, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> hardcore. I just like... I. This is way too abstract for me. I maybe it was too early in the morning, or you know, I I don't know. I'd started doing drugs in the eighth grade, so like who knows? Maybe I was high in class and it just didn't set in or whatever. So, um, but some of the other kids got it and they picked up on it and they were like, "Bam, yeah, I totally get this stuff." Right? So, so in eighth grade, right now these guys are talking about eliminating any higher math classes until eleventh grade. I eliminated higher math classes for myself in eleventh grade because I went and took. I like enrolled myself in math models, even though I was like really okay at math, like I was never bad at math. I just hated it. So I went and enrolled in something called math models, which was just like be like for the like dumbest kids. And after a while, like the teacher <laughs> told me like, Bonnie, we might have to move you out of here because you're doing too good. So I started doing worse. Oh my so I could gosh. stay in there. <laughs> That's funny. You're doing too good. Yes. Oh. Yes. Uh, oh my God. An anonymous parent of students who attend schools... Uh, who attends school in Loudoun County, reacted to the reports of the elimination of accelerated math classes by saying, lower standards for all students in the name of equity. These changes will have a profound impact on students who excel in STEM-related curriculum, weakening our country's ability to compete in a global marketplace for years to come, the unnamed parent stated. Yeah, uh, again, public school not designed to educate anybody. It is designed to create obedient workers. You know, you know the crazy thing about this is, you know, I'm always I'm always saying how like you don't have to worry about the borders, you know, like because you know how they, they have border guards and they let some people in that don't let other people in. And I'm like, you don't have to really worry about the borders being open to everybody because, you know, America, we've got schools and education and like the, the people coming in, like they lack those things and therefore like we can outcompete those people like, you know, individually and the humorous thing is, though, if we get rid of the, you know, even rudimentary uh, joke that is an education system in the United States, mm. we won't have those advantages anymore. <laughs> so maybe people do need to worry about the borders. Yeah. And keeping I, them closed. I don't know. I, you know, it. I think we need to focus on getting rid of the state. The border problem takes care of it. Oh, yeah. If we get rid of the state, the border problem will definitely yeah, take care of it. Because so. then there's there's no welfare state to attract anybody to sort of live off the government. Right. Door. And then people have incentives to actually want to learn and right. work and everything else. Right. And if they don't, well, they will suffer the consequences. And I know a whole lot of Americans who are currently living off the system and not working. Americans uh, who went to public school. Yeah. I can imagine that that number is quite high at this point in space and time. Yeah, it's actually, and and you know what? It's fun. What's kind of disturbing about that is uh, some of those people aren't even like not working by choice. They they're not allowed to work. Mm. 
Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Well, there's not some people to work. that aren't allowed to work certain jobs. Anyone could like get a different job. Well, not in some states, not in some places, right? Because mm-hmm. they've they've prohibited people from working with COVID. Oh, I guess for like a temporary, if that's right. What you mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean. and there's still a that's whole true. bunch of people who are sort of collecting the extended unemployment benefits as a result of COVID, right? And and that kind of a thing. Actually, a lot of people and yeah. like record numbers. And and yet places can't hire enough people. You I know, wonder why. Lots of places are hiring, but nobody wants to go and work there because, well, there's no incentive. Exactly. There's Socialism. no incentive. When you take away incentive, that's when your society really begins to fall apart. And if the, the incentive structure is upside down or backwards, then you have an immoral organization or at least an unethical one. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live coming up. It is the final segment of tonight's Friday Night Edition of Free Talk Live. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass, joining me. It's Bonnie. And Chris. You can join us and other liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 28th through July 4th for ForkFest 2021 at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest happens the week after the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and ForkFest is decentralized, and that means there's no ticket cost and that there's no one in charge. All you have to do is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 28th through July 4th. I can't think of a better place to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire. You can find out more at the unofficial website, forkfest.party. You can connect with other attendees there. There's an unofficial forum and an unofficial Telegram chat. Again, you can find links to all of those and more at forkfest.party. We hope to see you you there and you better uh you better reserve fast because the campground is filling up those two weeks i yeah. thought that it's already full no uh, that's just that's for, for the, the porcupine freedom festival right which, which is the week before yeah um, so but yeah. it's flowing into fork fest which is great and um from i i got my my rv uh site reserved like last week or no no early this week maybe it was tuesday i think it was and on Tuesday, um, I was told that basically she was having trouble finding me a spot, an RV spot during ForkFest. So there were a few spots. But oh, you have an RV? No, I don't have an RV, but I... You're going to rent one or something? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to camp on the RV spot. But the RV spot is kind of uh, what they call Agora Valley. And, oh, right, right. And so that's kind of, yeah, yeah. I, I did actually rent a hotel for like the Porcupine Freedom Festival yeah. because I couldn't get a spot. I couldn't get a motel on the campsite, nor could I get a spot. So I ended up like 10 minutes away renting a a hotel. So I need to uh, shift gears for a moment and say thank you to Eric Haley. 
Eric Haley is a gold-level amplifier. What is an amplifier, you might ask listeners? Well, an amplifier, uh, first of all, AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And amplifiers are people who help us to do just those things, advertise, market, and promote. You can find more over at amp.freetalklive.com where you can see the different levels. Uh, I believe the gold level is 10 bucks a month. The silver level is five. We only ask for five. You can give more. Eric gives more. And Eric Haley, we do appreciate you. If you like this program, if you like the hosts and co-hosts, the content, the perspective of freedom and peace and prosperity that we come from, the fact that we have open phone lines uh, seven nights a week uh, with very few exceptions, if you enjoy all of that, please consider becoming an amplifier. The money goes directly to get this show on more radio stations. We're currently on around 200 radio stations. We could be on 250. We could be on 300 radio stations or even more. It's all up to you. Please visit amp.freetalklive.com. You guys got anything you want to talk about in the last segment? Well, I hope that Ian is out by June 28th or whatever it is so we can go to Fork Fest because I told him on the phone the other day that Pork Fest sold out, well, maybe not their tickets, but their camping spots for yeah. the first time ever. And he was just like, wow, that's crazy. It's going to be like the craziest Fork Fest ever. Yeah. Um, is there is. Is there any updates in regards to his case? Well, the um, next hearing date is June 8th. Ooh. So there's a possibility, maybe? Yeah, if he could get out and have permission to go. I will be surprised <laughs> if, you, if they release him, but... There's a possibility. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised because his he has such a good case. Like he has no reason to be held, and now this judge has to actually listen. I mean, uh, do something by the book more because it's not just a magistrate. So I honestly don't see how he has any possible reason to hold in. So you're young and naive. The system will eventually beat you down. <laughs> <laughs> you're old and bitter, just yeah. like me. <laughs> I'm <laughs> also old and bitter. Uh, I know. Like I. I was going to send Ian uh, a book and I was holding out because I'm like, well, you know, okay, he didn't get out on bail. All right, but but he can appeal that. So I was holding out for that. And then like there was some other thing that happened that made me think maybe, you know, that there'd be some bail in his future or whatever. And then finally I just broke down and sent it because I'm like, you know what? If I send this book and he doesn't get it because he gets out of jail, that would have been worth the cost of shipping the book, yeah. right? You know what I mean? I'll get them another book or whatever if they happen to miss each other, you know, by, by the fault of the government or whatever. You know what I mean? That would be fine. So I just decided to send it. And, of course, being the bitter person that I am, he's still in jail. He did get the book, but he's still in jail. So, yeah. Yeah, it's – I, I – it was like a week in, I think, that I finally sent the first the first message, basically, the first letter that I wrote. Um, actually, it wasn't even a letter. It was just a picture. But the first picture, it yeah. was like, they ain't getting out that that quick. And I I didn't think that was probably, I, think that, I thought that was probably what was going to happen. But it's like, well, let's give it a week, see what happens. And then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll make our conclusions and, and do what we need to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he was, I think uh, nobody... The the picture that was sent was the first thing that nobody actually received from anybody. So Mark had called into the show, I think, on Wednesday night when uh, you were here, Bonnie, uh, and was talking about how uh, the uh, the prosecutor 
was saying that, uh, uh, well, Ian's a risk because he has no ties to the state of New Hampshire. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah, we're just and, talking about how and stupid I'm, that was. I'm thinking in my head, and, and to pile on to the, the list of things that make that sound stupid, uh, Free Talk Live and, and Ian Freeman may be single-handedly responsible for getting a large percentage of people who have moved here for the ideas of freedom to move here, right? He he was for a while. <laughs> he was Free Talk Live, and Ian Freeman were the the marketing arm of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Yeah, let me let me put this and way. the Free State Project. People who adamantly hate Ian with wholeheartedly hate Ian admit that he's basically two thirds of like the people who moved to the state of New Hampshire yeah. for the Freedom the Free State Project yeah. are here because of Ian. Yeah. Either directly or indirectly, because it's something he did. Like, to say he has no ties here is just to be obscenely obtuse and ignorant. It's literally preposterous. Like, they used his parents living in Florida as some kind of excuse. He hasn't talked to his parents in literally months. Yeah. But he moved his girlfriend, me, from Texas to New Hampshire. Right. No ties, though. Yeah. Stupid. I mean, he only has a church here, right? He only has a a syndicated national talk show. He's extremely dedicated to like more than most people are to any job. The guy who yeah. doesn't want to leave the state and only like grudgingly leaves the state like a couple of times a year, let alone the country. It's like, hmm. But he's got no ties to New Hampshire. No ties to New Hampshire. No ties. Yeah, no ties. I wonder, does he even own a tie? Like, does he have ties in his closet? Yeah, I've seen him. So oh, he does yeah. have ties in New Hampshire. Uh, I, you oh, know, in New Hampshire, not too New I, Hampshire. I think Sorry, that's a bad. costume that you're talking about. It's a costume. Yes. I'm not sure if that counts. Oh, uh, I... He looks really cute and I've seen it. I would, like, <laughs> I would like to see the man get out on bail. I don't think that they have any reason to hold him. Uh, I don't think they have a justification for holding him, but that doesn't necessarily mean I have any hope that the system is not just I, I think they'd have to just... As- throw out any semblance of like law and order if they kept him they did that ages ago though i mean it's not gonna like like this isn't gonna be the case where magically like you know the system all of a sudden comes through and it, you know they, they stop being corrupt and malicious and like attacking freedom and attacking people who are doing good works it's it's actually mm, I, it's it's not humorous in any way but like it's interesting that the more they screw up, the longer they hold him, the longer they hold nobody, right? The more they make our case, the case that we've been making right. on national radio for however long Free Talk Live has been there, a couple of decades, right? You know, like, because they're doing all of the things that we say yeah. that they always do. Yeah. And, and and the crazy thing is, it's like, this isn't the first time they've targeted Ian. Like, there have been multiple raids by multiple different government agencies over the last 10 years. Like, the first time, it was stupid. It was, like, over a smoke alarm. Like, missing batteries from a smoke alarm they basically raided over. It was wow. crazy. Um, yeah, like, And there's other incidences just like that. And it's just kind of been upping the ante over the years. We are out of time. If you missed any of our show go find the archives over at freetalklive.com thanks for listening everybody peace welcome to another exciting adventure of jonathan gullible as you may recall we last left jonathan gullible on a remote pacific island after his boat was blown far off course by a terrific storm eager to learn about the inhabitants of this island jonathan walked toward a uniformed policeman he saw reading a newspaper 
Looking over the policeman's shoulder, Jonathan was surprised at the headline he saw. It says here that the legislature has just authorized a death penalty for anyone found to be cutting hair without a license. Isn't that quite a severe penalty for such a minor offense? What's so unusual about that? The death penalty is the ultimate threat behind all laws, no matter how minor. But surely you wouldn't put someone to death for cutting hair without a license. Of course we would, though it seldom comes to that. Why? Well, you see, every crime is an escalating crime. That means the penalties increase the more one resists. For example, if someone tries to cut hair without a license, then a fine will be imposed. If he or she refuses to pay the fine or continues to cut hair, then the outlaw barber will be arrested and put into our zoo. If he or she resists arrest, then the criminal is subject to severe penalties. The outlaw may even be shot. The greater the resistance, the greater the force used. So the ultimate penalty behind every law really is death. Then surely you reserve the law for only the most brutal criminal acts, violent acts like murder, robbery, and rape. On the contrary, the law regulates the whole range of personal and commercial life. But don't be alarmed. We seldom speak about or witness the death penalty itself because, well, we are so diligent at teaching obedience. Build freedom with laughter. Join the community. Access free media clips and more. Or get your free PDF copy of the book. Go to jonathangullible.com now. jonathangullible.com Hey, everybody. If you've ever thought about heirloom beans as a storable survival food, I've got great news. In fact, I'll bet it's the best news you've heard in a while. Here's the thing. We've just received a fresh batch of gourmet heirloom beans, survival soup beans. These beans are gorgeous, highly nutritious, and above all, with no hesitation whatsoever, the best tasting beans in the entire world. The best part? We've dropped the price by 33% this week for listeners who know higher food prices are coming and want an inflation hedge you can actually eat if you want to. Gets even better. With your permission and with a high regard for your health and well-being, I also want to send you two pounds of what we think is the single most underrated superfood in the world, period. Go to SoupBeanSurvival.com, that's SoupBeanSurvival.com, and discover the real reason we're giving this unusual superfood away. At SoupBeanSurvival.com, that's SoupBeanSurvival.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.